This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the various features that are waiting for you there. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And, of course, you can take control of these airwaves, and you may do so and, uh, you know, do whatever you want, talk about whatever you want. Joining you here tonight, it is Ian. And Allie. All right. So, uh, as usual, there's a bunch of stuff on the uh, the table from the news to discuss, including an unusual story. Uh, like, really, really unusual. You don't hear about this very often. According to CNN, and uh, I guess Orlando, uh, Click Orlando re-reporting this. There was a lady who married her husband, well, obviously, but she married a man who was her husband for a number of years. He died, and she found out later that was, in point of fact, her father. Oh, my goodness. Were there kids? Uh, yes. And it does not indicate in this story as to whether or not the kids have uh, birth defects or anything like that. But let me give you the story from CNN. It was a dark secret. The kind that destroys lives, devastates families, and decimates faith. Nobody shared it with Valerie Sproul Sproul, while her husband was alive. For years after his death, she heard bits of the story. It was something about an absentee father, something about her husband. None of it made sense, she said. That's not until her uncle finally told her what no one else had. And she had unknowingly married the father she never knew. Where did this happen? Uh, you know what? I don't know. Right off the top of my head, it it may reveal that information here. Doylestown, wherever that is. No, mm. Still not real clear. Still, Ohio. Excuse me. Oh, Doylestown, Ohio. Okay. Uh, it's devastating, she says. It can destroy you. It almost did. Spruill, 60, of Doylestown, went public with her story this month, first published in the Akron Beacon Journal with the hopes that it would keep others facing what what seemed like insurmountable problems. It was a story that has gone viral, attracting attention as far away as Australia and India, where the questions are always the same, she says. How could that happen? It's a question that Sproul says she's been grappling with since she first learned the truth in 2004, six years after her husband, Percy, died. She says, I don't know if he ever knew or not. That conversation didn't come up. I think if he did know, there's no way he could have told me. She confirmed her husband was indeed her father through a DNA test after his death taken from one of his brushes. The aftermath of the secret was devastating emotionally and physically. Sproul suffered two strokes and was diagnosed with diabetes. She says all of that was brought on, she believes, by learning the family secret. They do say that uh, women tend to... Don't they say things uh, like it's been proven that women will sort of look for men that are similar to their fathers. Like their father. Is they that had, real or is they just say that? There seems to be something to it. I, I don't know if it's true for all women. I think it, you know, maybe it's, uh, that's a good question. Is that something, and I think that it may also be true for men as well. Like, you know, maybe they're looking I, for somebody like their mother. Yeah, I think that that, uh, that could be possible. So it's like a, it's a weird discussion to have, right? <laughs> but the the thing that's strange about this is that, okay, I get it, like, Incest, dangerous as far as reproduction is concerned. There's that possibility that, uh, I don't know how the genes work exactly, but generally if there's incest going on, there's a chance that something's going to get screwed up, a better chance that something's going to be screwed up about your baby. But wouldn't you be repelled by, I mean, isn't um, 
sexual attraction sort of supposed to be a sign that uh, you and another person are compatible, compatible mm-hmm. at least as far as... You make good babies. Yeah, that kind, of that kind of idea. So how could one be attracted to their father if that's not really genetically good for a child? Well, that's a good question, and I can't say I'm an expert on the genetics, uh, you know, the genetic side of this particular issue. I imagine that there are some people out there who have extensively studied this to whatever, ex- you know, to whatever extent you can. However, many children are out there from these sorts of relationships, I don't imagine there are too many uh, of them. So, the whatever the sample size is on the study probably is fairly limited. Uh, but it's just kind of one of those things that people know about incest is that it's not good for uh, for the kids. But, you know, if it's not good for the mom either in that situation, that's a little strange. Well, and she doesn't mention here whether or not they had a good marriage or if she was attracted to him. I mean, presumably she was attracted to him. And, you know, obviously she stayed with him until he died. So but maybe if your dad's OK, so what if her father knew the whole time and imagine right. the type of character that would knowingly marry his daughter and what Very kind of daughter unusual. a man like that would produce. I guess if he wasn't around well, for he her. Well, he wasn't around. So that, I guess, yeah. So she didn't know him. But what kind of woman would that man breed with? I, that's a good question. I'm just saying sometimes these situations are, you know, you, you want to think about it like as if it was you. But I think that each person's circumstances are specific to that situation. And sometimes... Uh, I just think sometimes these weird things happen because I think birds of a feather or something like that. This woman was devastated by this news uh, coming out, and she says it was what created her health problems. And she may be right. I mean, certainly if you're stressing yourself out over something, it's very likely to cause some sort of uh, issue, you know, something manifest as a physical problem. But apparently it was her uncle who clued her in to the truth. So I guess he knew uh, this whole time, and he didn't tell her. I I don't think he should have. I I. It is kind of weird. It's one of those things you might not want to know. Right. I mean, look. If you let's presume they had a good relationship, uh, because again, she stayed with him till he died. That's probably an indicator that it was an okay relationship, right? Unless it was abusive and she stayed with him because she was being abused and didn't want to leave. One of those situations. But let's just presume, for the sake of discussion, that it was a happy relationship that got along well. And all of a sudden she discovers from this uncle that it was her dad all along. She's completely devastated by it. And as creepy as that might seem, up until that point, she had a good relationship. Where was the uncle when they were deciding to get married or when they were when he saw them mm-hmm. together? Was it just too late at that point? The deed had been done. They well, had who a knows baby. how long the uncle had known. That's So we don't know all I would be asking details. these questions if I was this woman. We'll come back with more on this story because there is more to it. But first, let's go to the Pizza Hut guy. He's on the line in North Dakota. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Pizza Hut guy. Going once. Yes, hello. You, you are on the radio. Hello? Go ahead, sir. Yeah. Um, well, just a quick uh, primer on genetics for you guys. Uh, the reason you don't want to have sex with your parents. Um, you are walking around with all sorts of recessive genes. If you have blonde hair or blue eyes, you know, those are all super recessive. But because your parents both probably had either blonde hair or blue eyes or the genes for it, you ended up with that. Well, there's all sorts of extremely devastating, dangerous recessive genes that you carry. And if uh, your parents have them, if you have sex with your parents and produce a child, it's likely that those recessive genes will accumulate in a retarded or physically defective child. I see. Thank you for uh, for clearing that up. Now, that doesn't 
go further than what, like uh, second cousin or first cousin or something like that? From what I've read, that it's uh, it's, it's an issue of it's an issue of likelihood, mm-hmm. right? So the the closer to your own gene pool you are, um, the more likely it is that they share recessive. But it doesn't necessarily have to be so, right? You can meet somebody who's you know a completely different race than you. And if you both have the same recessive gene that creates mental retardation, you, you end up with retard. I see. But like in general, like multiracial babies are usually the most healthy, and I mean, there's a reason. Right. For that, you know. Yeah. Well, like dogs, uh, mutts are uh, better in better health than the the bred dogs as well. Same thing. Yep. Usually. Yeah. And as far as like, wouldn't you naturally not be attracted to your own mother or father? You know, not necessarily so. Um, complex things in your body that you come with naturally pre-programmed, there's a cost to that. It requires a lot of information to be written and written perfectly. Um, and so when you think of things in evolution, you know, the more complex something is, the more it costs, mm-hmm. right? And so it's harder to keep up, harder to do, so you have to get a great benefit for that. So while there may be a pretty good benefit to, you know, don't have sex with someone who's your mother, you know, it's better just to learn who your mother is because that's something that can be done afterwards. Whereas, like, programming, this is my mother, into you, like, knowing it somehow intuitively without having grown up with your mother or father, you know, that's next to impossible. Pizza Hut guy, I know you called in for a different reason, so if you want to get to your other topics, stand by. We can come back with you here in a moment. 855-450-FREE. Plus, more on the woman's story. She discovers after her husband dies that he, all along, was her father. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number, 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Allie. And you can, uh, by the way, get more of Allie over on her website, ladiesinkeen.com. That's K-E-E-N-E, Keen, ladiesinkeen.com. Big change for the ladies uh, coming up this weekend. You will be moving your showtime your live show time to Saturday nights. Yes, I'm very excited. And of course, people can still hear you over at lrn.fm during your live show, and they can listen via your podcast at ladiesinkeen.com if they uh, need to listen later. They sure can. Uh, let's go back to the Pizza Hut guy. He's on the line in North Dakota and giving us a lot of information. And, you know, you, you sound like you should be working in a science lab rather than uh, delivering pizzas. <laughs> uh, you know a lot about recessive well, what can I genes. Say? I am a super genius. Apparently Just so. like Mark, only better. Uh, that's why when I come up to New Hampshire, I'm going to give them some real competition. All right. But excellent. Excellent. First, so, I got to get out of my cat house. So, so. what else were you calling um, about tonight? Yeah. Well, you guys were talking about suicide two nights ago. I was listening to it. I was listening to you guys while I deliver. Um, and you were talking about how you can't understand how people would see suicide as a selfish act. And um, I just kind of wanted to relate the story. Uh, my best cousin who I grew up with, you know, he and I, just super, super close. He's the best friend you know I've ever had in the world. 
um, his brother recently committed suicide. And, you know, I didn't really know his brother so much. But when I think about my cousin and how much I love my cousin and that he's hurting because he doesn't get to walk away from that suicide, right? The, the, his little brother who committed suicide, he's dead, it's gone, it's over. But my best cousin, he, he, has, he, has to, he has to live with that. He has to wake up every day and go, oh, yeah, my little brother's gone. Mm. He has to go to bed and lay awake and go, yeah, my little brother's gone. You know, and he, he has to live with that. When I think about that and how much it hurts him, it makes me so angry that he would do something so stupid and so so in, inconsiderate to the thoughts of others for for a you know permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah, I think so, a lot of a lot of people who are uh, who commit suicide when they do so, I think they're in a they're not in a fully realized state, and they don't. Uh, they have to block out how it will affect others because they, for whatever reason, have convinced themselves that this is the only way for them. I can see in some situations where people are suffering where it could be, um, you know, the most sensible thing to do. But if you're just doing it because you're so overcome by your circumstances that you feel like it'll never change and you're acting on that and taking your life and giving up your one shot at life, then I think it's... Uh, yeah, it really does hurt others around you more than one may realize. What uh, was the alleged reason? Do you know for the suicide? There, there. Um, my my brother, who was actually really close with him, see, it was always me and the cousin, and then my little brother and my cousin's little brother were always close, right? And so my brother was actually out with him the night before. They had been drinking. I guess he had broken up with his girlfriend. I don't know, but there was no note. There was no nothing, mm. and it just seemed so. Sudden, you know, he was just drunk and going home, and you know, I can just picture him laying there in bed, drunk, like being all melodramatic, holding the gun to his head, oh, and then just going off. Right? Is 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 how I play it in my head, you know. But no matter what it was, I mean, just just how much how much my my best cousin is is hurting and continues to hurt, and just the change. Well, did you say that we had said Bravo? last night that uh, that it wasn't selfish? I well, I, you know, I haven't listened to the whole podcast. Because if I, I said that, then I miscommunicated. I mean, it it's yeah. clearly a selfish act. I mean, you're doing suicide for your reasons, not anyone else's. Well, I, I think it should also be noted that, you know, because selfish, you know, I am a Ayn Rand acolyte. I, I at least converted to liking the word selfish and selfishness. Um, it's it's inconsiderate. I mean, really, mm-hmm. it's such a final and terrible thing. You You can't, you are inflicting a huge burden on others but uh you know if nothing else clean up your 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 body yeah that's what know? i was gonna and say you to live, if you're gonna commit suicide to at least you know it'd be nice if it were legal that way people could uh you know take a nice pill or something like that and have have everything kind of planned out in advance for how their body's going to be handled rather than somebody having to come home and find find their loved one with their i'm sorry what what again a suicide booth, like in Futurama. Ah, okay. Yeah, well, whatever. You know, if it were legal, then the market would come up with safe, clean options that uh, would not leave. Uh, he just dropped off the line. Uh, would not. Thanks for the call. Uh, would not leave a mess for whoever it is that's left. Because you know, it's bad enough having to lose your loved one. Um, it's worse if you come home all of a sudden to find they're hanging from you know some hook in the ceiling right. uh, or that they have splattered their brains all over a room. Uh, you know, that, that could, that could add to the, the trauma 
it will add to the trauma. And again, it's it's difficult enough to come to terms with the idea that a loved one is going to exit this life sooner than you expected. But at least if it were, if it were legal, then people. I guess some people would still keep it concealed that they were going to kill themselves, but there would maybe be more of an indicator in some cases in that, you know, somebody who was being considerate of others wouldn't want to, you know, use a gun. They'd want to acquire some sort of simple means that would end their life without uh, a big mess for people to clean up. You know, uh, a close friend of mine was sort of talking about how a lot of people, famous people who go out and kill themselves, commit suicide uh, at some point and die at a young age. I think like there's this common age of, was it 37 or 27 or something where a lot of like rock stars and uh, famous people have killed themselves Mm -hmm. and that a lot of these people are exalted by fans even still and how it's kind of strange to look up to someone who eventually committed suicide because if you're committing suicide, then that is the epitome of failing at life. If you end up taking it and deciding that you're choosing that it's not worth acting anymore, that you'd rather just, you'd prefer death over life. I mean, that's, that is failure. It's a serious choice. Big time. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll free line. 1-855-450-3733. On the other hand, you know, if it's, if it's something like you lost your girlfriend, oh, versus you've got some sort of horrible life-threatening disease that is wasting away your body then at that point i don't care how it affects you you know if if it's if my life is so miserable like that guy in the uk who starved himself to death because he couldn't get the high court to approve him to have a doctor assisted suicide uh, if life was as he described it a living nightmare for you every single day hey you know what i appreciate that you guys like me but i'm out of here and uh, you, in that case, the thoughts of others, there's a certain point at which the thoughts of others about what you are, you know, whether you leave or not is irrelevant. If you, you know, you might want to you know, leave them a nice goodbye note or something like that or you know, give them a chance to say goodbye. That's always nice. Uh, but if, if it's a life threatening situation or a very sick kind of situation where someone is suffering, then, you know, I, I don't think it even comes into play what other people are going to think about it because it's your body, it's your life mm-hmm. and you're hurting. At that point, it makes sense. And it's a shame that people can't do this legally. I think that the people around you that would love to help someone who was that desperate, uh, knowing that their loved one never gave them, gave them the opportunity, that's what hurts so much. Mm, I see what you're saying. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. So we've covered incest and suicide. These are fun <laughs> topics. You can take control. Bring up whatever you want. Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want here. 
Toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can join us on our website. Just head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy various features, uh, such as the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their ver- uh, validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. If you are a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. want to tell you about the Bitcoin. In case you don't know, right now, price over $12, 12 U.S. dollars per Bitcoin. This thing is an amazing concept. It is not a currency like you've ever seen. In fact, you can't hold them in your hand. They're completely digital. Uh, someone's come up with a physical Bitcoin. You but can hold them in your hand. I have some. It's 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 not really the actual Bitcoin. The information's online. So the physical Bitcoin is just the key that you need to get the Bitcoins online. Uh, it's fascinating. It's a completely distributed system. It's not. It's decentralized. So there's no corporation or government that's out there issuing these uh, bitcoins they are it's just basically an open source software project that has created something that's incredibly valuable i mean it has gone from pennies per bitcoin to over over it's been as high as 30 something dollars currently right now 12 plus and uh, i picked some up at 10 dollars a piece just a less probably less than a month ago nice so they've already gone up 25 percent and you can get some for yourself. You can go to bitinstant.com. Look, Bitcoins, you can't counterfeit them. They can't be inflated. It's impossible mathematically from for anybody to block you from sending or receiving payments with Bitcoin. There's nobody at Bitcoin who is filling out paperwork for the IRS. Mm-hmm. This is a completely outside of the governmental financial system. Currency. And lots of people are trading with them currently. You can... If you have bitcoins, you can get goods with them. Right. You were just eating some uh, stateless sweets a moment ago. You can were those buy, bought with bitcoins? You can buy them with bitcoins at nice. statelesssweets.com. Uh, so there's other places as well. Gambling websites, uh, the Silk Road, and there's all kinds of interesting things that uh, you can do with a bitcoin. And you can get them over at bitinstant.com. You can get them with cash at bitinstant.com at uh, over 700,000 locations in the U.S., Russia, and Brazil. And they're expanding to other marketplaces as well. So it's just it's an exciting time. You don't want to get left behind on this. Bitinstant.com. Get your Bitcoins. So we've got a crazy story coming up, Allie, that you're going to share in a little bit. But I want to get back to the uh, the incest piece here because it's just bizarre. You just don't hear stories like this every, every day. In fact, hardly ever do you hear a story like this. A woman who is now 60 years old has gone public with her story about how it turned out that her husband was actually her father. And she didn't know him when she was growing up. We'll get a little bit more of their story here. The story has gone viral. And she says that after she found out the truth from her uncle, who apparently decided to tell her six years after her husband died, that uh, she really had a difficult time. She uh, said it was devastating emotionally and spiritually. or uh, Yeah, emotionally and physically, she says. She suffered two strokes and was diagnosed with diabetes, which she really? believes was brought on by learning the family secret. I don't know why she, why, I mean, it seems like, I don't know what that would be like, so I can't really relate, but it sounds like she's dwelling on this so much. Like you said, if they had a good relationship and then she finds out something else in hindsight and it makes it seem weird, well, I can see how that can kind of mess with the experience and make you feel like you've been deceived, but... I think that she uh, might not have even been deceived. He may not have known either. Yeah, it's possible that he might not have known if she doesn't know if he was aware. Then it's it's something that you just have to accept and move on. 
That's how I feel about it. Let's uh, continue with her story. She says uh, she's got a deep abiding faith in God who she believes has guided her through the experience and others that have shaped her life. Well, if God guided her through the experience, then didn't God put her through the experience in the first place? Maybe. I guess that would have to follow logically. She said, you have to have faith. If God brought me this far, he's not going to leave me now. And if that's what God's intention was for you, why freak out about it? I mean, if you're that mm-hmm. if you're that religious, if you are that faithful, uh, then why would you freak out about it? Look, this was unless a- Satan was tempting you to marry your father. <laughs> but didn't God um, have Adam and Eve? I mean, wasn't there like a lot of incest by the Bible story? Like, if you look yeah, at the, the, the Bible story, pretty incestuous. <laughs> As, as far as I remember. There's the, the story of Lot and his daughters as well, where God instructed them to have sex with their father. So apparently God thinks that that's just fine. God thinks that children are basically expendable to their parents. You know, if someone's coming after you, you can offer your uh, daughters as collateral or whatever. You when know. was that? Uh, I'm trying to, I need to look it up. You but... did go, you were a church girl, right, when you were growing up? Yes. When did you get out of that uh, church thing? Um... <laughs> Uh, I think when I was like 13. Oh, really? I'll say. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't come out of the closet as an atheist until I was 16. What did yeah. your parents think of that? Oh, uh, it wasn't a big deal. My parents weren't, re- they weren't very, very religious. religious. I was like, you know, I went kind of on a path down religious down to a religious town. So I you guess. were more religious than your parents. <laughs> yeah. I see. I was on a little bit of a high horse and then I got knocked <laughs> off hard and became an atheist. How did you get knocked off the high horse? Uh, it was when I realized I'd been duped, basically. I was uh, learning... I was figuring that out at 13, too. I just didn't come out of the closet until later. Well, we were learning about the other religions, and it just it didn't sit right with me. And I had a lot of respect for then? Buddhists. Well, um, I knew a little bit about the Buddhists, which I really liked their religion mm-hmm. in, uh, in school. And although that it wasn't really characterized well in school either, but I just kind of I could see where, you know, they have to quote some parts of what the what the tenets of the faith are. Mm -hmm. So I liked that. And then when we learned about in Sunday school, it was like always comparing it to how it doesn't align with our beliefs and why they're wrong because of that. Hmm. And I just realized that that's really a one-sided way to look at things. So this was like a Bible school that you were going to? Uh, just church, Sunday church, school. Sun- yeah. Sunday school, gotcha. So you kind of came... Oh, that's interesting. So they basically planted the seeds for you to leave, uh, yeah, leave their religion. Yeah, they basically yeah allowed me the way out, and I just couldn't stand it. I remember the book specifically that we were looking in that explained why the other religions are wrong. And by the time we were done with the book, I just, I like, I think I burned it or like threw it away or ripped the pages. I was mad because I felt like I'd been deceived uh, to think in a one-sided way about things when there are lots of people who believe stuff that's equally, equally stupid, but no more stupid than what we believed. It was her second marriage, uh, this lady who married her own husband, her married her own father. Sproul was a nice man, a good provider. He was, there you go. Uh, So... He wasn't beating her, you know, so what's, I get it that like, this is weird. It's unusual, but it's certainly possible. Neither of them knew about it. She didn't know about it, but we, it's also possible he didn't know. What was the age difference there? I wonder. Well, I mean, it's got to be at least 15. I think he says, I think it says later in the story that he was 15 when he had sex with uh, her mother. Okay. So that makes it a little less weird for some reason, I guess, because it makes it more possible that he just, he didn't know about it. Maybe, uh, 
you know, the mother never said anything or never tried to track down the father. And it just maybe it's just a complete coincidence. I had a misinformation. Apparently she has three children, but they're from her previous marriage. So she may not have had children with uh, with her her dad. She says we had a good life. She initially struggled with anger, hating him for what happened, but therapy taught her that what happened wasn't her fault, and her faith taught her to forgive. Initial response to her story has been mixed. She says more positive than negative. In recent days, she's been in contact with a couple who found out after they were married that they were brother and sister. They told her, she said, that her story is helping them deal with their own experience. They're trying to be friends now, she said. Now, this is even more uh, interesting, this other story about the, the brother and sister, because they're both still around, right? Like, in this case, right. with the woman, her husband died. Now she's kind of coping with this after the fact. He got out uh, before even being confronted. He never right. has to deal with it. So who's the lucky one here? And now you've got this brother and sister who, after the fact of getting married, discover they're actually brother and sister because they didn't realize it before. But, again... <laughs> is it weird for me to ask, well, if you love this person enough to marry them, why would you want to just be friends afterwards? Because uh, it's, it's weird. Because it's weird. I yeah. get that. But does it? I thought, <laughs> I thought love was supposed to mean something I would, and marriage like, was supposed to be really important. If I accidentally like, don't want to marry my brother, I would go to therapy after it. I'd All right, more coming up. Wrong. Hold that thought. 855-450-FREE. Your thoughts are welcome. You want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the realtor mark warden do you want a home with 20 acres a lakeside cabin any takers for renters buyers and sellers too mark warden is the guy for you porcupinerealestate.com This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features on the site. Uh, They are all free for you. And In fact, if you would like to support the show, you can do that by shopping with us. All you have to do is go to shop.freetalklive.com, and that's where uh, you will find different links to Amazon. We've got UK Amazon, Canada Amazon, and the US Amazon. You just click into the right Amazon for you, get your shopping taken care of, get the stuff you're looking for. They probably are selling what you want, and they're probably selling it at a better deal than the box stores in town. So go to shop.freetalklive.com, get the stuff you're looking for for life, and help Free Talk Live at the same time. It's the same great Amazon with the same prices, same free Super Saver shipping deals. All of it's the same. You're just entering through our portal so they know that we sent them the business and therefore they cut us a portion of the total. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. I I have to, you know, look, this is a disturbing question for people to consider. But I really want to know if it turned out that, and let's go with the brother and sister one, just because that one's happening now. Like a brother and sister have found out that their brother and sister after having married one another. So they didn't know prior to getting married. They met each other, found, you know, fa- they found each other in life as adults and uh, you know, presumably they didn't know each other when they were growing up, but they found each other in they life. They weren't twins. I don't think so. Okay. No. I don't have details on the brother and sister story. The story that we've got is the one about a woman who found out after her husband died that he was in point of fact her father. But similarly, there's another story they reference here about a uh, 
couple who found out after being married that they were actually, in point of fact, brother and sister. And it says here that they're trying to be friends now, uh, according to somebody who is connected with them. And it just, you know, I had to wonder if it turned out that the person you love the most, that's the person you marry, right? Because that's what marriage is all about. And, you know, it's about keeping that relationship together for forever until death do us part and all of that. So if the person that you love the most turns out to be a blood relative, someone as close as your uh, sibling, what do you do? I don't know. I th- I feel like there's something weird about it, though. I don't. Well, think of course, there's something weird about it. I mean, it. obviously, there's something. It's something. It's not. I don't think it's just societal uh, taboo. I think it's like honestly, maybe it, you it shouldn't happen. And I think that may, I I expect in the future but that people are going to be better at uh, finding out who they're related to. Who's going to test their partner before they get married to find out if they're related to them? I'm How just many people think about that? You know, that that's something that's going to be. Allie, I really want to spend the rest of my life with you, but I want to make sure you're not my sister first. Let's go have a <laughs> DNA test done. How weird is that? Well, a lot Talk of people. About killing the moment. What about like sperm donors? What if? Uh, how do you know that? Your parents, you're the product of your parents. What if your dad uh, is infertile and your mom went to a sperm donor? What if? And your dad's not your dad. You know, people don't necessarily know these things unless they talk about them. I don't know why people keep secrets like that. Why Why not? Why wouldn't you want to know who you're related to? I don't care, personally. It doesn't, doesn't matter to me. I don't care if it was my dad or somebody else who uh, impregnated my mother. It's irrelevant. I'm, I'm here now. I'm living the life I'm living now. What's important is now, not what happened back mm-hmm. then. Uh, but, there there was an interesting thing I was watching on TV about a, a sperm donor who I guess kind of does it privately and he's donated to like 80 women and he keeps records of everyone and who they're related to to avoid incest. Oh, wow. So that people, you know, family members don't accidentally end up together because there's so many of them. Let's go to Rob listening in Tampa. You can bring up whatever you want, by the way, but I was just curious to what people think about that question. What would you do if you found out that the person you love the most, oh, whoops, that's your sibling. Uh, Go ahead, Rob. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, actually, I should probably press the button. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. My bad. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Allie, you were talking about your experiences with um, Sunday school and religion and, quote, being knocked off your high horse. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually kind of, that's actually kind of what happened to me. While you were saying it, I was like, wow, that's what kind of happened to me. I grew up in a pretty conservative Mexican family. My dad's Mexican, and, you know, he's Catholic, and he wanted all his kids to be. So when we were all little, he threw us into Sunday school, and we were taught the Bible and all that jazz. And while I was there, I kind of noticed that stuff didn't make sense to me in the Bible. Just some of the stories just sounded really just so weird. And but you're supposed to believe it actually happened, that it's all completely true, and every every part, every word of the Bible is the absolute truth. In fact, there is no greater truth in the Bible. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, had, uh, I had noticed that stuff wasn't, I mean, some, some of this was just, I mean, the stories are just nuts. Anyway, I had asked my Sunday school teacher, who's supposed to be, you know, this woman of God who teaches the Bible, the infallible Word of God, to young kids to mm-hmm. pass it on. I asked a lady about a story, and she I guess she couldn't come up with it. I, I asked her, how do you know that this is real? <laughs> she said, don't, don't question, just it's believe. It's faith. You have yeah, to have faith. faith. You're, you're supposed to have faith to believe. 
Faith doesn't require questions. It just requires believing that it's real. Right. Unthinking belief. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And what happened was, from that day, I pretty much kind of started piecing stuff together. And I finished my Sunday school, because my parents made me, because I was seven. And I stood in front of that church and got my first communion, and I kind of lied to everybody there. My whole family was there. I I just lied, lied, lied on that one. I, I don't believe anything in it. It just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, it says that a 70-year-old man built a boat and got two of every animal on it. I don't know any 70-year-old that can do that. What is First Communion? It's um, it's a tradition. In, uh, it's one of the sacraments in, uh, in Catholicism that uh, all my cousins, it's just, it's what I was told. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know what it means. I just know it's one of the sacraments. But they are they that, they are asking you questions during it. You said you lied. So were they? Is part no, of no, the no. community? No, no, no. You know, like yeah, like they up that you know you go up there and they you know they say do you accept God as this as your savior and I all see. this nonsense and and I just said yeah because I don't want to make a scene in front of a whole church. You wanted your family, family to be to to be happy too, right? Yeah, and it made my dad extremely happy. Mm-hmm. And here it is. I'm. You know, 16 years later, 23, and I. every time I hear a story from the Bible, I just kind of want to laugh because I just don't believe it. Did Did your dad and, ever find out the truth about you? No, he knows I don't go to church. And, I mean, when I, even when I was a teenager, he would say, do you want to go to church? And I'd mm-hmm. say no. Or sometimes I'd say yeah, just to make him happy, but I'd kind of sleep through the whole thing anyway. So so he's and, still around. He doesn't know. What would it ha- what would happen you know, if he found out? I, I don't know. He's kind of become real laid back in his old age. He's That's almost good. 60. I think he'd actually be okay with it because hmm. none of my brothers and I have six brothers and sisters and none of us practice at all. I wish this none is one of, of those um, radio shows where we could like call up the person we're talking about, like call your dad, <laughs> <laughs> let him know terrible. on the radio. <laughs> I would not want to be a oh, part of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, my dad might say some things that might get me <laughs> the air, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, fiery, uh, yeah, fiery I, Catholic. <laughs> yeah, he he's not one of those that pushes his religion on other people. It's just in the Mexican right. culture, it's just you know you, you're important. Catholic. You, you make your kids Catholic. It's just how it is. It's yep. just I, I'm the only one that I out of the seven of us that I know that have questioned it and found my own way, not according to what these people taught us taught me. And when you're trying to teach a, a kid about something and they're asking questions, you shouldn't say, just shut up and believe it. Oh, absolutely. And that's a great way to get that young person to fall away from whatever religion that uh, you were attempting to inculcate them with is, you know, don't answer their questions and just tell them to take it on faith. Eventually, when they start thinking for themselves, they're going to realize that's just not good enough. And for me, that was it's kind of similar to my story. I just started asking questions to which I was not getting satisfactory responses from, you know, Sunday school teacher or pastor or people at the summer camp. I was not getting those uh, questions answered effectively and so I just started asking more of them and eventually you know learned about atheism and went that direction I'm not an atheist anymore but I was for uh, for a decade and Rob I appreciate you sharing that story real quick I'm just going to hit you with the question uh, of the hour here if you found out that you're the person you love the most in the whole world turned out to be your sibling you had already married this person what would you do I have no idea I could not tell you. I've never been in any situation like that in any capacity. I have no idea. But I, I love this, the conversation you guys are talking about. It, it's pretty 
it's entertaining and it's it's very it's very thought provoking. It Thank can you. happen. I appreciate it, Rob. <laughs> Apparently, it can happen. Thank you for the call tonight. Yeah. It did happen. Uh, that's but what I, call- I wonder how common it is. Like, Not very. How I mean, could it be? Is it is it common enough that it me- it has some meaning, or is it just oh, it's a freak accident, and just what what should be done about it? I don't know if I understand your question. My question is: is uh, are people ending up uh, being drawn to? I mean, th- there's a sea of people out there. There yeah. are all potentials, and to end up with the person that you should probably be with, you the know, least. the yeah. least. Does that is that is there meaning behind that, or is it just a weird coincidence? No, eight five five four fifty free. Your thoughts are certainly welcome. One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. I think if you break up with that person right after finding that news out, you probably didn't love them in the first place. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it, and once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice, and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here, and I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration. And learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. Toll-free number here for you, 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Allie. And for those of you just tuning in, kind of a disturbing story here about a woman who discovered after her husband died, great husband, they got along well. She, you know, was with him all the way till the end. He provided for her. He did. And uh, turns out, well, looks like she was his daughter the whole time. And whether or not he was aware of it is unknown. Uh, She certainly didn't know. She found out six years later because her uncle uh, told her the truth. And I don't think he should have uh, because it really, it really hurt this lady. Like she took it pretty hard. I honestly am not a believer that ignorance is bliss. I can see that ignorant people can be very happy, but I personally like to know things, even if it's hard to take. I get you, and I I tend to agree with that. But I mean, this woman believes she came down with diabetes and had two strokes as a result of yeah, finding out this news. Yeah, but she created that in her mind. She, she did, which is why she created like, that. You sh- I, I'm not saying it was the uncle's fault for what happened to her and how she reacted to it. But if he knew that she was somebody who was likely to freak out about things like this, he probably should have just kept his mouth shut. Well, if she's so concerned about it, then she should have checked before she married him. Check him to see if he's her dad. Yeah, people, I, I respect people that do that. You know, do their di- due diligence and think about these uncomfortable things. I don't think people think about that stuff. People though. should. I, mean, what, I know it's not romantic, but... No, what? I mean, how many people want well, to think about whether or not their partner is uh, somebody who's... 
blood related it's to the them. Same, it's the same uh, thought process for why people don't check their partners for STDs before they go and check up with them. Right. I mean, that's I not romantic well, either, but I don't know if it's, it's same, important. I don't know if it's exactly the same. I mean, people, it's similar, is it not? You know, uh, doing these unromantic likely, well, checks. Hold on. No, for, it's more like way more likely that you're going to come down with an STD than your sexual partner turns out to be somebody who's your blood relative. Yeah, way but which more is, likely. I mean, uh, imagine getting pregnant with uh, a baby from someone you're related to. And I, I think that people <laughs> should consider these things. Like, how are your genetics? Babies aren't responsible for the genetics they get, and it's not really fair to create a baby that is, uh, when it could have been avoided, a baby that might have birth defects. And if it was avoidable, then is there not, whose responsibility is that? Not the parents? According to Wikipedia, by the way, uh, Syphase sent this to me online, uh, the genetic sexual attraction, if you look up genetic sexual attraction, on the wiki, uh, it was presumed to occur as a consequence of genetic relatives meeting as adults, typically as a consequence of adoption. Although this is a rare consequence of adoptive reunions, the large number of adoptive reunions in recent years means that a larger number of people are affected. If a sexual relationship is entered, it is known as incest and may be distressing to both parties or the families involved. GSA is rare between people raised together in early childhood due to a reverse sexual imprinting known as the Westermark effect, which desensitizes them to later close sexual attraction. It's hypothesized that this effect evolved to prevent inbreeding. So that goes back and speaks to some extent to uh, what we had heard earlier in this discussion or what we, we touched on earlier in the discussion here, which was the idea that, well— Shouldn't nature be separating brother and sister? Because you have this other story where a brother and sister got married. They didn't know they were brother and sister. They find out after the fact that they've been married. So according to the the observations here of uh, scientists, the genetic sexual attraction only affects siblings who did not grow up together. So apparently if you didn't grow up with your brother, then you could uh, meet him later on and find him attractive. Whereas if you did grow up with your brother... And you don't have a brother, Allie. But uh, but if right. you did, and- I, as far as I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Could be dating him right now. So if you did uh, <laughs> grow up with him, then you would not be attracted to him, right? Weird. Well, I I don't know how to explain that. Uh, you know, maybe it might seem you know when you're looking for someone to be with and mate with. I guess mo- most people, I guess, when they start relationships, they don't think who I'm going to mate with, but mm-hmm. people should. And uh, I guess w- if you're looking for someone who is compatible, then I could see finding a sibling. And if you don't realize it's your sibling, sibling, finding the ways in which you're compatible to be signs that you're meant to be together when really it's just that you're related. Because siblings will have commonalities even when they're separated at birth. Twins, they're separated at birth, will have uh, patterns that are similar within their lives. And I find all that to be very strange. Your thoughts are certainly welcome if you'd like to add uh, the dis- add to the discussion here. I don't know if there's a you know there's not a real good answer I think for most people to the question I'd asked earlier, which is if you found out if you found out after marrying somebody, someone who you love, someone who you are just absolutely infatuated with, and that's why you married them. Uh, if you found out later that whoops, turns out to be your sibling, it's your brother or your sister, what do you do? In the case of the story that happened in real life, they're attempting to just be friends. And I guess when they Sounds say some kind attempting, of like some kind of Woody Allen movie or something. It does. Uh, it, 
I guess when they say attempting to just be friends, it must be hard, right? Because you fell in love with this person. You know, you care about them more more than anything else in the world. That's why you married them. And now all of a sudden there's this stigma, this unexpected stigma attached to the relationship. But does the stigma have validity? Meaning what? Uh, is there stigma against incest? I mean, there's good reasons for it. What if, you know, if there are I was, if I it. ended up with someone and I found out that they were my sibling and I thought that it would be bad if we were to breed then i would if i wasn't gonna just break up with them and if i was just so in love with my brother or whatever i would at least demand they get a vasectomy or something right no that would be a sensible thing to do would be to that sounds uh, selfish i guess i could get tubes tied but they have something else now that oh god what was it called we learned about i should have remembered i should remember there's something else where they insert something up uh and it basically blocks uh sperm like u-rings or whatever i forget what it's called different kind of birth control yeah they have these different techniques and some of them make you think that it's a physical object keeping you from getting pregnant but a lot of it is just there it's a different way to uh get birth control chemicals whatever those are into the women's bloodstream. no no this is something physical i'll uh, i'll pull it up again because i i want to remember what it was called it was really neat a vaginal Um, condom or something no uh something else 855-450-FREE that's the SACL cai toll free line uh seth is on the line in new hampshire you can bring up anything you want seth Hey, Ian, how are you? Good. Allie's here, too. What's on your mind? <laughs> I, I've got a couple of things. So, number one, I've been listening to your coverage on the jury notification case, and I have to tell you, and I'm sure you will enjoy hearing this, you have been giving the judge a bit too much credit. Really? Um, the instructions that he gave were, in fact, the instructions that were published by the New Hampshire Bar in a at, at some point in one of their journals, and, in fact... The lawyer who was defending uh, the Rastafarian was, I believe, actually the author of those instructions. So they're great instructions, but they were not the judges. The reason. Oh, well, hold on, hold because, on. Just point of clarification here, just to yeah. bring the listeners up to speed. This is the jury nullification case where, as you mentioned, a Rastafarian busted for growing marijuana. He was completely found not guilty by a jury uh, here in New Hampshire. It's a landmark case. It's a huge deal. And the the instructions the judge read to the jury, I was aware that he was given those by uh, an attorney. You know, the, usually these these jury instructions are suggested in some cases by attorneys, the ones that break away from the standard uh, jury instructions. So I didn't. I guess I if I didn't make it clear, I, I do realize the judge himself did not write those, but he did read them, and he didn't have to. Well, that's true. He didn't have to, and he does deserve credit for that. But what's nice is I've heard you say you didn't like the law because it was written in legalese, and you really like the instructions. And so the nice thing about this is starting next year, those instructions will most likely be the instructions everyone continues to hear. Really? Yes. How is that? Why? Why a judge? Why could a judge not? Uh, you know, you said most likely. So there's a there's an well, in there where a judge could change that, right? The, well, actually, no. The way the law is worded, it has not. The judge is not going to be the one giving the instruction. It is that the lawyer is allowed to bring up the concept, and certainly the standard instructions. Once once jury notifications brought in, if the jurors ask for explanation. That explanation, as you said before, now that it's been used, really is a good standard. And it's the standard that the Bar Association in New Hampshire 
has agreed is probably wow. the standard one that should be used. I love it. And, uh, Seth, if you have more to say, you're welcome to stand by. I, uh, give us I some... absolutely do. I've got another great story for you. So, great. Uh, hang I'm on. More with Seth in a moment here. Uh, you can take control. Bring up anything. Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features we have waiting for you there. Uh, and they include our live uh, streams where you can tune in to broadband, midband, or narrowband versions of the show. Uh, all of them free, of course. Uh, listen.freetalklive.com. You can listen in 24 hours a day if you would like. And in addition to that, you can also pick us up on over 110 radio stations across the country from coast to coast on AM and FM. We're also up on XM Satellite Radio, where you can hear us all seven nights per week. You can go to listen.freetalklive.com to get the details. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And also uh, find out about our webcam and the listen lines uh, that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way as well. We've got Seth on the line. Uh, He is a Free State Project participant and a relatively early mover to the Free State Project who has been elected to State House uh, as a House of Representatives member. And you've been kind of in the thick of the political scene now for quite a while. And you're giving us uh, kind of the inside scoop, uh, what we may not have been aware of with regard to this jury nullification bill. Uh, as we've been discussing over the last couple weeks on Free Talk Live, the jury nullification bill is something that just doesn't exist anywhere else, to my knowledge, at least. Seth, are you aware? Do any of the other uh, 49 states? Uh, no, actually, we passed, I think, a landmark. Uh, you know, we really pushed the envelope here, and other states are going to start to copy it, I hope. I hope so. Well, I mean, I hope so, too. And I think we're probably going to see that down the line of a lot of things that happen in New Hampshire, uh, because we are going to see more freedom happening here as we've got more people coming here who want to be free and who are willing to do what it takes to make it happen. So it was some Free State Project participants that really helped make this jury nullification bill happen in the first place. And what you were telling us a moment ago is that the jury instructions that were given during the case where a man was acquitted of growing marijuana, and I've got those instructions here, so I'm just going to read them just so our our audience knows what we're talking about, how good these instructions were. So well, let me, let, me yeah. inter- let me interrupt you and tell you what the current instructions Make it. They say, "Well, you if you aren't if they haven't proved the case that you must find him innocent, but if they've proven the facts that you should find him guilty." So the current instructions are horrible because mm-hmm. they depend on people understanding the difference between must and should, and most jurors don't know that difference. So that's yeah. that's what it is right now, and that's what it is in most places in this country. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of real tricky uh, wording that goes on, which is why I was uncertain about this jury nullification bill, because it seems so confusing the way the bill was written. But what you're saying is that this statement, this part of the jury instructions that is going to be read to every jury uh, by the by the judge in these cases that are going to be coming up starting next year uh, in New Hampshire, is going to be the standard. It sounds like this is going to be the standard. So I'm just going to share this this text. It's pretty short and it's really sweet. Here's what the judge told the jury that ended up finding the guy not guilty. Quote, 
even if you find that the state has proven each and every element of the offense charged beyond a reasonable doubt, you may still find the defendant not guilty if you have a conscientious feeling that a not guilty verdict would be a fair result in this case. That's that pretty good. It's pretty crystal clear. That's and, how what journalification is. Yeah. And to hear that that come from a judge's lips, you know, for you and I, I mean, we don't really care. It's just a man in a robe. We know that. But the jurors look at him as though he is, uh, you know, next to a god, or at least a lot of jurors think that uh, judges are better men than the average man. Well, they and, have all the authority. Right. And they're in charge of the courtroom. And so they take what those judges say real serious. And so to have them take a statement like that seriously is absolutely fantastic. And it's the reason, one of the reasons why this guy ended up getting a not guilty verdict. So uh, thanks for uh, for bringing that to the front, Seth. I know there was other things you wanted to discuss. Well, I've got one more uh, sneak preview. I got a chance to see uh, ahead of everybody else. We're waiting for, uh, we're waiting for some approval. Um, A commercial that was filmed here in New Hampshire at the, in front of the state house with the Libertarian presidential candidate, Gary Johnson. Mm-hmm. And you're going to love this, Ian. It's a zombie commercial. I heard about <laughs> it. I know that uh, Garrett Ian from freeconquered.org was there for the filming, so I was already Absolutely. aware. Um, and, the, you know, the beautiful thing, the thing I want your listeners to understand is, you know, I've been here in New Hampshire since 2004, and I've watched as we've gone from, you know, 50 people to 100 people to 200 people to... You know, we're well over a thousand people now, and I can tell you that you know, even just a few years ago, if we had come up with an idea, we said, "Oh, we want to go ahead and we want to get the presidential candidate to come here to New Hampshire and do some video with us." People would have said, "Yeah, that's a great pipe dream." We were able to put this entire thing together on a very small budget because we have all the people, we have the video cameras, we have the activists to show up, we have the the communications, we have all the pieces that it takes to make activism happen. Mm-hmm. We were able to together a commercial and it's a low budget one but you know i mean we're, we're not expecting it to go you know on national tv but it's it's certainly a good video for youtube and we put that together in a week and it's going to go national Amazing. and you know we have a real serious candidate that is willing to say we need to stop the wars we need to stop the police state um i mean he's there he's wearing a if you haven't seen him he's going around the country right now going to various colleges trying to get attention and he's wearing a peace symbol on his t-shirt along with a jacket i mean this is a presidential candidate who really believes in peace he's really carrying the libertarian uh, obama who got a nobel peace prize and what has he done with it he started more wars he's carrying the libertarian party message into something that i support more than what i've heard come out of the other libertarian parties lately it's uh it's a little bit Ian and I were talking uh, recently about, you know, whether or not Gary Johnson is a principled candidate. And there are some things that I aren't perfect, but in general, yeah, I mean, just just for the even just not supporting the American imperialism aspect to his campaign. That is something I can get behind. Well, as I pointed out over at freekeen.com, he's not just saying it, he's He's making commercials that talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a pretty so, big deal. And as uh, I understand I, I it, this listeners pay attention, start Googling Gary Johnson zombie, and uh, as soon as it's out on YouTube, I'm sure it's going to go viral. We're well, going to try to get as many people to see it as possible. Well, I know that you're one of the bloggers over at Free Keen, so if you... you know, and I will s- post it 
there. Absolutely. Yeah, if you if you see that it's out and we haven't posted it there yet, please do uh, post it over there because uh, definitely I'm looking forward to seeing it. it. It looked like it was fun. I saw one of the behind-the-scenes uh, clips from the Concord Patch. They were there reporting on it. And uh, so basically you've got two sides. There's uh, the red zombies and the blue zombies. And I guess Gary Johnson comes out and, uh, and yells something at the zombies or something right. like that. The red and blue it's, being it's the Republicans wonderful. and the Democrats. I, I have to give total props to, to J.J., the director, and the editor, he has done an amazing job. Uh, he put he put it together given the footage he had, and uh, he came up with something that I watched. It's a it's a minute and a half long, and it's funny and it's serious. And anybody who sees it will go, I want to find out more about Gary Johnson. That's cool. So man. it's uh, I think I think it's a winner. Hey, thanks for the heads up, Seth. Appreciate the information, and thanks for the call tonight. That's Seth Cohn. He is uh, one of the bloggers at freekeen.com, also a state representative in New Hampshire and Free State Project participant. You know, Gary Johnson was actually, uh, I guess, giving a talk. I think it was like online, uh, and someone asked about the Free State Project, and he yes. fully endorsed it. And Big-time endorsement, yeah. Yeah, he said that he would have loved for it to be in New Mexico, but that he really supports the people in New Hampshire and that... Uh, you know, people should check it out, and it was like his last statement. Even threw the term anarchist in there he, he, as well. I know, I was pretty surprised. <laughs> he said he loved it. He liked the idea of no government, he said, which was a surprise to me. Uh, so you can actually read the full statement and actually see the video if you want, freekeen.com. I posted the endorsement over there, uh, so it's an easy way to go and see it. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Of course, you can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Toll-free number, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website. You can head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com with you in the studio tonight. It's Ian. And Allie. All right. And speaking of those features, by the way, we've got uh, listening options. We've got news updates, Shrine of Female listeners, and more. It's all free for you. You can go there and enjoy freetalklive.com. Uh, in fact, those news updates, you can get signed up. We'll clue you in via email whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And if you are following us on either of those, you'll get more than just the news. You'll get observations during the show, questions we might want to ask uh, on the air, and uh, or rather to you online that we were also asking on the air. You can answer them online, and sometimes we'll read them on the air, as I had intended to do about the uh, the incest question earlier today or earlier in the show i'd asked the question if you found out your life partner was actually your brother or sister what would you do and according to andrew he says my life partner is my dog can't be too careful down here in bammy <laughs> i guess he's from alabama dogs do make good life partners suggestion other people uh, answered a little bit more uh, seriously uh, kurt says do you mean before or after i start throw or rather stop throwing up 
Uh, Christopher says, sure does save money at Christmas time. <laughs> Jake asks, what's a life partner? I don't know. I didn't know they made those anymore. They had y'all. Uh, and he goes on to say, we've apparently been ticked them off some radio station. Uh, and then Brandon says, I think that seeking therapy together might be a good step in order to identify where you've been and where you're at in light of that revelation and go from there. He says, what would I do? I can't see myself staying in the relationship. This is a very uncommon circumstance. So you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook, answer the occasional question. Sometimes we'll put some show prep in there, sometimes just some observations, whatever. You can go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. That's news.freetalklive.com. And also want to invite you to freestateproject.org. We were just talking with Seth Cohn a moment ago. He's a Free State Project participant about the Free State Project. And, uh, you know, what some of the exciting things that are going on here that just are not possible anywhere else because you don't have the numbers. And we're coming up on 13,000 signers. It's uh, 12,800. I just checked the number today. And that's the amount of people who have pledged to say they're going to do as we have done, Ali, you and I, and a bunch of others. As over 1,000 people are here now in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, there are well over 12,000 people who are saying that they're going to come here. Right. And even if only half of those people come, that would be great, too. Oh, yeah, man. 6,000 activists would be uh, fantastic. Or even even another thousand would take us a Mm -hmm. long way. So the more people that can get here, the sooner, the better. Go to freestateproject.org if you love the ideas of liberty. If not, stay right where you are. Let's go to Adam listening in Virginia. Adam, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Allie. Hey, what's going on? Hey, Adam, what's on your mind tonight? I just want to say, well, first of all, I hear you guys picking on Christians a lot, but I never hear you picking on Jesus, and that makes me kind of happy, you know, even that I'm a Christian. I think it's kind of cool of you guys to say that, you know, this kind of is about peace and not, you know, trashing him all the time. So You're praising us for um, picking on Christians and not Jesus. Correct. Okay. And you are a Christian. Is that because you can see the, uh, the I guess, the, the problems that many Christians uh, from which they suffer? Um, I think that Christians have completely lost their minds at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I've, you know, I've reread the Bible since I went from being a conservative, Bush-loving, war-loving person to actually reading the Bible and saying, "Wait, wait, this isn't right." You know what I mean? So that's that's kind of how that whole uh, whole thought process came about. So, are um, you not a church-going to... Christian then? No, I, I am absolutely. Nobody in my church agrees with me on anything. Does the but, Bible... You know, um, wait, wait, wait. You said no. you don't think your church agrees with you on anything? <laughs> not really. Why do you go? Well, like, you know, when you just stop Iran from doing bad things... Why, fun, do you, you know? why do you go? What's the, the, the purpose there? Because my church is pretty good about not talking politics much. I see. You just okay. kind of keep no. that... That would there's, there's create inviting maybe. Our church and Republicans and... What was the question you were going to ask, Allie? I was going to ask if his opinion—he said he's reread the Bible, so I'm like, wow, a Christian's actually read the Bible. Interesting. Hmm. Do, you think, uh, do you think that the Bible supports any particular ideology that, in a political sense? Is, is the Bible supportive of you know, uh, liberalism or conservatism or libertarianism, or is it all over the place, which, it, which would be my answer. I think, it, I think it's unclear. That I think it's, that the Bible supports— libertarianism because you know don't steal that that kind of completely trashed the whole idea of uh redistribution of wealth and mm-hmm. then the uh the story of that prostitute when they were going to stone her and jesus is like you know if you are not you know if you're those without sin you can cast the first stone and he simply went to her and said you know don't sin anymore 
But I don't believe that was like a, a man-made law kind of thing. Because remember that Jesus, when he came uh, to save uh, save us from what was going on, it was actually the religious law, the religious leaders that were really screwing up at the time. And he had some pretty harsh words to say for the conservative right of uh, of his time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see where you're coming from. What about rendering Caesar, uh, rendering to Caesar what is Caesar's? Oh, that was complicated. Um, I don't know. I've studied that. I know that Jesus was a tax protester. I think uh, what he said in regards to that was, uh, you know, get out of the system. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've read further into that, like, you know, try and get out of the system as much as possible because you're not supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to be in the world but not of the world. Well, you should give what is Caesar to Caesar. I mean, you sh- you shouldn't have somebody other, uh, other else's things. You should have your own things. Yes, but I I wonder what the context. There's just like twenty page article that I read about about how Jesus used to protest taxes and things like that. So mm. uh, it, it's a good find. You can actually look for it. But. It frustrates me that the Bible is so. Uh, you know, I know that there's different versions of it that try to make it. Uh, it's been re. Uh, I guess, reinterpreted by different people. There's different versions. It's the King James, there's the NIV. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate the efforts to try to make it more simplified and easier to understand because some stuff gets lost in translation. But I always like to look at, instead of just taking it in the literal English sense, uh, I what I I think people make persuasive arguments when they take it from like the actual Hebrew. What does this mean in yeah. Hebrew? personally believe that you're not going to find an accurate version of the Bible unless you know Hebrew and Greek, the original, mm-hmm. you know, translations of the Bible. You're not going to really know. It's just the message is still going to be in there. Uh, like what uh, what Mark was talking about yesterday in regards to, uh, you know, if you do drugs, you're a sorcerer. Well, if you look at what sorcery is in Greek, it's actually pharmakia. So if you want to talk about doing sorcery, then going to a pharmacist is actually, you know, committing sorcery and it's that kind of stuff. It's so, like, so is that how? Is, make, what? I was going to say, is that some of the reason why there are certain uh, Christians who refuse to get medical treatment, who you know will uh, you know if their their son is going blind, they won't get him glasses, that sort of thing. I mean, you know, that's that's their that's their convictions, and I don't have a problem with people who decide not to do that. I'll be going to get you know pharmaceutical drugs if there's something wrong with me. Yeah. But you know, it just it goes back to. You know, a lot of Christians, and I believe this too, that we're living in the end times, and the Antichrist is going to be coming, and all the other stuff. Uh, it goes back to when Jesus first came, there were so many people who were the religious leaders of the time that became some of the worst and representing God and how loving he was and all that other stuff. And I believe we're at that point. That's why I, I talked to you guys about a week ago about uh, that last chapter of Revelation, uh talking about the tree of life i don't recall <laughs> well in the last chapter of revelation there's this uh there's something called the tree of life or whatever and there's a lot of people that actually believe that marijuana is that tree of life and hmm. to me it's the kind of thing where it's like we're so far off from the way that christianity really is yeah and uh it's just kind of it's just kind of showing our culture because it almost seems like christians are some of the worst people on the face of the planet right now 
Adam, thanks for the uh, perspective, man. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Yep, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Plenty of time for you and your thoughts if you make the call. In fact, I have a related email here. And then coming up, we'll tell you about a, a disturbing survey that Allie has seen performed online. And she'll tell us about it. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. More coming up. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. Toll free, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you. And you can enjoy them completely free. Once again, freetalklive.com. You like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. Just a few bucks a month. And what we'll do is we'll take those dollars in. And we will invest them into Free Talk Live, getting on more radio stations around the country and bringing new uh, internet listeners on board as well. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com. That's where you can learn more about the AMP program, about the perks that you'll get, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only podcast, forum, and more. Go get the details and get signed up with any major credit card through PayPal or use Visa or MasterCard right on our website over at amp.freetalklive.com. Cindy is on the line listening in Florida yeah, to LRN.FM. Uh, hey, Cindy. Uh, yeah. I just want to tell you, I used to be a Christian. It's hard to say used to be. I had trouble with my faith, believing that I was really, you know, born again. However, I did study the Bible uh, for two solid years through Moody, Moody Bible Institute. I studied New Testament Greek, and I studied Romans 13, and... I have also, I don't have money, but I get Chuck, I would get Chuck Baldwin's analysis of it, because he, he also has the same opinion. Chuck Baldwin, and this is the uh, former presidential candidate of the Constitution Party, also a, a pastor? Yeah, yeah. And what are you wanting his exactly. analysis of? I'm sorry, just to be clear. Romans 13, which a lot of Christians, they use to try to, to tell you you should obey the government. That's the one about but, rendering to Caesar? No, no, it says the... You should be subservient to the powers that from above. Ah. You should be subservient uh, to also to earthly authorities. But <clears throat> that sounds like it's talking about powers. Can I just tell you something? Where it says power, believe it or not, in that word power is a power-packed word in Greek. It's exousia, which means power that has. It, it's interpreted as freedom. Okay, that means that. Without, uh, you know, without money, without talent, we could have freedom, but we don't really have freedom because we need to have, you know, skills. Mm. You know, well, we wasn't, don't have fish, we don't have to do things, we don't have freedom. Why are skills at odds with freedom? Skills right, and talent. I'm saying, I don't know if that's what she was saying. freedom, yeah. but you don't have any skills, what good is your freedom? You know, you oh. don't, yeah. You know, so when it, it interprets the word, be subservient to the power, it's it really it really saying be subservient to freedom, 
And I, well, it's all up to interpretation, isn't it? I mean, that that's, you know, you've got your interpretation. The people that believe in the government have their interpretation. And that's kind of one of the problems with the Bible is it's, you know, it's not real clear uh, to well, people today. Well, I can today. tell you something about that, what you just said, Ian. John MacArthur, who had stud- is one of the pastors in California who studied the Bible in Greek for seven years. He's the most talented Bible scholar that's a pastor in the United States misinterprets that passage. However, he interprets it right, but he puts his own ideas in it. He twists in his brain because people are twisted today. Well, isn't that what everybody does? Uh, Cindy, thanks. I agree. Yeah. I, but if you listen to the way he interprets it with your libertarian mind, and you take it, you see that it's not the Greek he misinterprets, but his own brain twists it. You know what I... Cindy, thanks for the call. I think that people can't help that, but I appreciate hearing from you tonight. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I mean, whenever it is that we take a piece of art... Uh, we always apply our own personal interpretations mm-hmm. to it. So, you know, you and I can sit down and watch the same movie, uh, Allie, and we might walk away with completely different meaning. It might right. have a different meaning to me than it does to you based on what I've had, uh, you know, as experience in my life versus what you've had in your life. So we can't help but place our interpretation on the things that we experience. And right. that includes, uh, you know, the work of art that, you know, is essentially what the Bible is. What matters to me most is whatever the intention behind the words or whatever the original intentions were behind the words that now make up the Bible. uh, What matters to me most is this Bible that's just, you know, the Gideons have in all the hotel rooms and a lot of people are just reading it. And what is the first impression one gets based on the language that we currently used and the language that's in the physical book that Christians worship? Uh, it doesn't sound like good stuff, first of all, and maybe you can go and ask a priest and they will know the Greek or Hebrew interpretation of what it was originally intended to mean, but that's not going to be, there's no cliff notes, usually it's just a <laughs> Bible, and and if I read it and I, I see hatred in it and I see silly arbitrary rules like not wearing different kinds of materials as fabric for your clothing mm-hmm. or not eating pork or uh, sending your wives out when they're menstruating out of the home because they're unclean. I don't know what the Greek interpretation of that is, but it doesn't. It sounds like bigotry to me or oh, ignorance. Yeah. There was plenty of that back then. So why worship that? Right, and so you know, even if God was sending down this message, which is what ostensibly you know was happening, uh, that these these men were writing these messages, they're they're writing them through their whatever viewpoint they had and so maybe you know maybe it's true that whatever god is or whatever was sending some sort of message to these men but ultimately they put their spin on it ultimately they put their interpretation of what they were being told or what messages they believed that they were receiving and so you know if you believe that the bible is the word of god you can't possibly believe that it was the actual right. word of God. It was an interpreted uh, word of God well, in the same way that uh, God was apparently influencing and and leading their hands when they were writing down the Bible. That it was all influenced by God. And my question is, if it's been misinterpreted, or or if Christians are taking things in the Bible out of context, why isn't God there to lead them in the right direction? God showed up in the Bible all the time to let people know it was on his mind. He flooded the world. He sent burning bushes. Why does he not show up in a physical manifestation now when people are apparently rampantly uh, misunderstanding what his original... Well, there are plenty of people in a crazy house who will tell you they're Jesus. 
Yeah, but I yeah, and that was another thing. I I wondered if if I was a Christian, if what if someone claims to be Jesus and I don't believe that person, and what if it really is? How Jesus? would they, how would Jesus prove to be Jesus? Walking on water. That would be a good one. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be like some kind of magic trick, right? Like there's always going to be the debunkers. What is, that, are... what is that man that uh, basically wants to test people's claims and so he offers a million dollars to anyone who makes a James supernatural cl- claim? Any, I think yeah, that's Anybody claiming they can uh, do anything supernatural, whether it's, you know, read somebody's mind or telepathy or bend, you know, bend a spoon or whatever it is that they're claiming they can do with uh, with you know their mind power or their supernatural powers uh, he's offering a million dollars to them to prove it now the critics of james randy will say that uh, the, the way that the way it's set up is not fair and i don't have all the details on that but needless to say there's some disagreement isn't he just that. setting it up as if it was a scientific uh experiment I believe that you know from his perspective that it that it is. I, I I'm not familiar with all the ins and outs of it. Supernatural claims are just a hypothesis, which a lot of people feel needs no evidence in order to uh, confirm its reality. So it's just a lot of these things that people claim they can do or claim can be done are, uh, you know, if it can't manifest itself in science or it's not a phenom- scientific phenomenon that can be mm-hmm. tested over and over again, then what use does it have for me? Yeah. No, I think that I think what James Randi is doing is brilliant, and he's mm-hmm. totally calling the hucksters on their game. No doubt about it. Uh, so 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I was just trying to give you the other, the other side of the story because there are counterclaims to, well, yeah, I would do this, but Randy's rules say this and it's not fair. Right. Uh, so there are a few people out there that, that claim that. Uh, we got an email in here from RDSIV. He says, and I believe his real name is Robert. Uh, Robert says... First of all, he says he uh, has upgraded his amplification of the show, his amps, uh, to silver, which is great. Thank you for that. Way uh, to go. Appreciate it. He says, now, since I said I try not to throw barbs, there's something that has really had me bummed several times, Ian. It's the way you speak of some Christians. Trust me. I understand your position, and I believe sometimes you're trying to get some debate going with callers more than anything else. I get it. Well... I you know this isn't really a hot issue for me like it is with Mark. Mark's got a real chip on his shoulder about the Christian thing. I'm I've been over it for quite a long time. I like I told you earlier, I came out as an atheist when I was 16 and I didn't have the experience Mark did where he went to prison for 9 years and he believes that the reason he went to prison is because of religion, is because mm-hmm. of his experience with Christianity mm-hmm. and how when he broke away from it, he, you know, became of the belief that Nothing mattered anymore, you know, morals out the window. It doesn't matter because, well, God's not real, so therefore, what's what's any of the rest of this matter? And he really blames his experience on that. Uh, so I don't, you know, I don't really have the same chip on my shoulder. I do have uh, you know, a bit of a negative taste in my mouth for a lot of Christians. And so we'll see what Robert has to say here about the issue in a moment. Also, a bis- very interesting survey, also disturbing. Uh, that Allie has uh, pulled up. We're going to share that with you. It's about the way people answer questions. In a, and it's really conflicting and shocking. People don't really know where they stand. Yep, it we're shows. coming up. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyandHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. 
Now John delivers a message which he calls Your Birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it. Therein referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL, and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. All you have to do, dial in at 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch into the third hour of this program with you tonight. It's Ian. And Allie. 855-450-FREE, again, is the number. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. You can actually create the content on the website. So the stuff you see on the front page was put there by listeners just like you. First thing you do, if you have something you want to share, is you can submit it as show prep. So maybe it's a YouTube video, perhaps a news article or a blog post, something you found online that you think is interesting, you think we might like to see here. You submit it as show prep, and then it will appear on the upcoming stories page on the site. So you go to freetalklive.com and click upcoming stories to see the freshest stuff that has been submitted to the site, where it must uh, receive a certain number of votes in order to be promoted from the upcoming stories page to the front page, to the top, the front of the website. Uh, You can go and you can submit stories to the site, you can vote on them, and it's all free, of course. So go to freetalklive.com, get interactive. That's freetalklive.com. We've been, for those of you just tuning in, we've been talking about uh, Christians and, you know, this idea that uh, certain Christians are really not even close to what a Christian should be, Not, not even anywhere in the ballpark. You know, advocating war, for instance, advocating uh, hurting other uh, pe- people, uh, they're not emulating Christ in any way, shape, or form. Right. Wanting to make uh, what they think sinful behavior constitutes illegal, that's the opposite of free will. Uh, God wanted people to have the option to mm. sin uh, so that they may choose him. I think that's the idea. I've had explained to, I've had that concept explained to me by... People who I consider to be good Christians, I think that that exists. I don't know why they want to call themselves Christians. I don't know uh, what they base. Everyone believes different things, has their own individualized perception of what the meaning of life is, if they believe there is meaning to life, Mm -hmm. and why people choose the label Christian. Uh, I always want to know why they why they choose that, because you can you can believe that Jesus was a good person, that he was a prophet. that he was in touch with God and had great things to say and not worship him. That's true. Uh, in fact, the, you know, the Muslims uh, believe that Jesus was a, a prophet, but not Right. That's the why son they're going to hell. And so I'd asked the question on Facebook, I said, and Twitter, and uh, the question was, Ali says there should be a name for real Christians to separate them from all the bad ones. What should it be? Well, here are some of your suggestions from Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Yara Bear says on Twitter, Christologists. Hmm. Freedom FW says, Jesusians. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, let's see. Colin says that apparently Wayist was one of the names used by the early pre-Catholic Christians living within the Roman Empire. Hmm. And uh, Matthew says, how about Christians and then death dealers for Jesus? Death dealers? Yeah, you know, like for the, the ones that call themselves Christians, oh. but in point of fact want right. to go to war. Uh, so, and then the Russian writer from this from Adam, he says the Russian writer Tolstoy was the first to term the phrase Christian anarchist, perhaps implementing anarcho Christian into the structure of their principles would be the best class of separation for those that follow the word of Jesus. So there's a few suggestions for you. We, uh, I'm actually in the middle of an email here from Robert, and he says that, uh, he's got a problem with the way that I speak of some Christians and he's, he's written this email Specifically to me. So he's not addressing Mark, which I find strange because <laughs> it's Mark that's got the real stick up his butt about uh, the Christian thing because he's, you know, he kind of blames organized religion for some of the bad things that, that happened to him in life. And uh, But let me go on with what Robert says here. He says, the other night you seemed disgusted with the Pentecostal tradition of speaking in tongues. Uh, no, I just think it's silly. It's really silly. Have you ever seen this before? Yeah, I've seen it. I've heard of it. I, or I haven't really seen it in person, but I've known people that went to churches that practice this way. Have you? Uh-huh. Have you, so you've seen them speak? The, I haven't the seen them. I so wasn't you just there knew for that the, they did it. I just knew about it, and I, was, and I confronted them about it, and I was like, what is it? Why are you doing that? You know, what, what is the significance of this? And What did they say to you? They say that, uh, you know, usually when asked, Christians questions it starts out with the Lord works in mysterious ways and then they explain that the Lord is speaking to these people who are kind of like it sounds like they're trying to say that they're possessed by God or something mm-hmm. like it looks like they're possessed but this is how God speaks to the, to them and uh I think that it's a tactic used by churches to for one thing uh I like what Stephanie Murphy has said on the subject is that it's a good way to get people to uh, to feel like maybe they've been overcome hmm. by the spirit of the Holy Ghost because after uh, using all their air on speaking tongues, they feel lightheaded and it can feel like you're out getting of your high. body. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like getting high on God, but <laughs> you're kind of tricking yourself into it because if you believe that this can happen yeah. to you, then that can become your reality and you can trick yourself sure. into... You can deceive yourself. Uh, would that be brainwashing? I don't know. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, though, you really should see uh, people do this. It's so ridiculous. So, look, you know, I don't... If it makes you feel good to, to babble, then by all means, babble and say silly things and act... You know, I don't have a problem with acting silly, but, uh, you know, I'm sure they think it's very serious. This is not silly at all. This is serious. We are speaking in tongues. This is what the Lord is having us say. And it just... You know, if you if you ever watch footage of this, there's... We're up on free-to-air satellite and uh, free, free Talk Live. LRN.FM has a KU band free-to-air satellite channel. And there's a bunch of religious channels up on free-to-air satellite. There's also a lot of really strange international channels that are interesting to watch. But uh, there's some religious channels which just nonstop Bible all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes you'll see these revivals there on you know television where these guys are doing the, the babbling. And it's just – it's the funniest thing. It's just so ridiculous. Anyway, so no, I don't really, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say it's accurate to, to say I was disgusted. I'm not disgusted by it. I just think it's silly. Anyway, he goes on to say that one, uh, one other time about a year ago, you referred to Christians as Bible thumpers. Bro, he says, I'm willing to bet that if I came up there and called Derek J a fag, you'd be all over it. Wait, I'm, I'm wait by, so I'm not slamming Derek. 
what is this? How is this analogous whatsoever? I think he's taking the term Bible thumper as a you know personal insult. Aren't you supposed to? I mean, maybe I just am from a different generation of Christians, but as far as I knew, that's the point of being a Christian is to uh, take. If you don't take, I was told growing up, if you don't take the Bible as the complete and whole truth as the word of God that you are not Christian or you're not really Christian. You're lukewarm or whatever that means. Well, right. And, uh, you're, you know, you're supposed to save people in a lot of uh, Christian religions that if you don't bring them to Christianity, they're going to go to hell. So mm-hmm. many of them, they absolutely are Bible thumpers. I mean, that's their thing. That's what they want to do. They want to bring people on board. Uh, but let me go on with his critique. He says, what difference is it between calling someone a derogatory name no matter what their belief or lifestyle? Why would the Bible thumper be derogatory? I, you know, I guess it doesn't sound nice. It, it's not what they would call themselves. What about a religion that has uh, has a ridiculous call to prayer, rips out rugs and drops down to their knees and starts bobbing up and down? What about religions that sit in front of a statue and smell incense and ring little gongs and bells? Can we not all find something ridiculous or weird about any religion? Sure. But yeah. those other religions aren't around me. Right. <laughs> so they don't I, they don't come to mind as quickly as Christian stuff because the Christians are all around. And, you know, when it comes to uh, the Muslims and how often they uh, they pray, I think that it was Muhammad's experience was something to the effect of he was taken into heaven and God, you know, instructed him on, uh, you know, how often people were supposed to pray. And God wanted it 50 times a day. But uh, Muhammad talked him down. He bargained with yeah. <laughs> I think in the Christian so, faith, you're not really supposed to bargain with God. You're just supposed to do what he says. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, they actually got it easy because 50? apparently Come yeah, on, God. Muhammad negotiated lot. with them down to only five times We've a day. You've got to make a living. Come on. But, you know, I don't know. There's something that you've got to respect about that level of dedication. I mean, whether or not you think it's silly and it is, you know, people doing silly religious observances. But at, at least they've got the dedication, mm-hmm. you know, that it takes. Christians doing some sort of level of dedication like that, like stopping, literally stopping what you're doing five times a day. As you know, as soon as you get up, before you go to bed, at work, uh, you know, the middle of the day, you're stopping several times a day to engage in a prayer, engage mm-hmm. in a very regimented uh, religious task. There's discipline involved in that. And, you know, they got to have credit. For, I, I'll I can give respect credit that. Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. And we'll continue with the uh, Christian's email here in a moment. Take control. Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves, toll-free, 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything you want. Speaking of SACL-CAI, if you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you need to know about SACL-CAI. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients as well. SACL-CAI. You can see their banner right at the top of our banner column over at freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Allie. Uh, We're going to continue. We'll take your calls about whatever you want in the middle of an email here from Robert. And he's uh, he's a Christian. He's upset 
because he's concerned with the way I apparently speak about Christians, uh, having referred to some of them as Bible thumpers uh, in the past. And I don't think that's all Christians. No. I, I think that there are some Christians that are very respectful of others and other people's beliefs. And that they, you know, they're not out there pounding the pulpit. They're not out there trying to bring converts over to, you know, push their Christianity onto others. And those are the kinds of Christians that I like. I don't mind getting into a conversation about religion with them, you know, from time to time. But, uh, you know, if they're pushy, if, they, if they've got that hard sell aspect to them, it's a turnoff. Right. And that's what I would consider Bible thumping. Well, usually I'm the one that's bringing up religion around people I know to be Christians and they're the ones that want to get away from the subject because they're not comfortable talking about it with someone who doesn't necessarily uh, subscribe to the same belief system. And I find that a little uh, bit frustrating if they honestly believe I'm going to hell because I don't believe they like the way they do. Mm-hmm. If they think that I'm going to you know, be away from God for all eternity because I'm not on board with the ideas and they have no interest in trying to save me and my soul for eternity then that's not very christian like i don't know i I really don't think they actually believe it but if they do then that's kind of messed up i think a lot of them believe it you think they don't believe it i think that deep down inside they're doing it because they're worried that it might be true and they don't want to end up going to wager right yeah. I think that's Pascal's wager where, uh, you know, well, if it's true, then uh, you should believe in God because if it's a, all the stories are true, then you'll be all right. And if not, then you'll lose. And so therefore, it's best to believe. But, if it's if it's not true and you spent your whole life believing it was and making decisions based on And changing who you are based yeah, on that. And, yeah. and you end up, then you just wasted your one chance at life. And that's sad. All right. So we're going to continue here. We've got Rick on the line. We'll get back to the email from uh from Robert here in a moment. We've got Rick. And Rick, uh, how are you listening tonight? It says here you're in Maryland. Uh, where are you? I'm um, just outside of Salisbury, Maryland. Um, I picked you guys up on station 92.7. Oh, okay. So I'm guessing you're listening to our station out of Delaware. But uh, anyway, go ahead with your thoughts. Well, you were, you know, you guys are touching on the Christian religion and, and uh, Islam and some of the other religions. And, uh, the way I was raised years ago, um, as a Christian, um, you know, it's not just about trying to save everybody. It's about enlightening them to pick up the Bible, read it, and and determine for yourself, is that what you really want? Is that the lifestyle you want? And, you know, the book itself is confusing. Mm-hmm. And, well, and no kidding. I mean, there's not just one lifestyle presented in the Bible. You've got two totally different gods in there, and they're, uh, you know. Well, actually, there's a few more than just two. It, I mean, if you actually pay attention to it, um, you know, the Godhead itself is considered a trinity, and that in itself is confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's a number of different religions that are mentioned, and there's a uh different instances where they talk about Satan and himself, and then they give a name for him uh, as being a demon or a devil or a angel that, that, that went wrong and was kicked out, and they—yeah, I mean, it's just—the the Bible is a book that's very confusing, it's not meant for everybody to understand, and there's mm-hmm. quite a few people that don't understand it, and they turn away from it. Uh, myself, personally, the way that I view the Christian religion is— Come out here, you run into somebody, 
they're in trouble, you help them out, do the best you can. If you feel good about what you've done, that's a good thing. If what does that have to do you, with Jesus Christ? That's your, that's your conscience telling you you did wrong. What was I, your question, I, I believe I in. Matters, I, I don't think it matters what religion you follow. It's always that way. Right. I think that I think people, I think that just like kind of come nat- comes naturally to people. And I don't know why religious folk will sometimes, they think that without religion, that people would just, they wouldn't be They'd accountable. Be you know, they need to have this sky daddy watching over them, making sure yeah. with their lightning bolts and making sure that everyone no. does the right thing, I guess, or at least punishing them if they don't do the right thing. And, uh, and also their belief in, uh, demons and the devil and hell is sometimes even stronger than their faith in God and heaven. And uh, uh, I, think, I can see how people get misled by that. I mean, I, I drive a truck for a living, so I see a lot of stuff, and I see a lot of weird things. I've seen stuff that I can't explain, and I'm not going to try to, but I, I do believe, but I don't believe. There is something out there. What it is, I don't know. But I treat everybody the way that I want to be treated. And in my 55 years of life, that's gotten me through. I'm with you, man. I thank you for the call tonight. And I think that's generally a good thing to do as long as you're not uh, a masochist. Uh, in, in which case, you shouldn't be treating other people the way you want to be treated. But I think generally that's a good rule. And I thank you for the call tonight. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Uh, let's continue here with Robert. He brings up that uh, was kind of making fun of the Pentecostal speaking in tongues where people do silly babbling. And I think I found a YouTube video of people doing this. Uh, we'll see if we can share that with you here in a moment. He says it's really easy for us to be critical of others that we don't understand or that we disagree with. I often tell friends of mine that people often love tyranny as long as it's tyranny they agree with. It's pretty easy to hate on churches. They haven't been real for generations, but they are truly amazing. There are truly amazing people out there that we might disagree with on some stuff, but they try to live their religion the best they can and the right way. I'm shocked that a person as open-minded as you would think otherwise. When When you do criticize, I urge you to use some distinction between the big 501c3 churches and others. I believe we've done that, Robert, so I don't know you know, why you think that we're labeling all Christians in a certain way. I mean, tonight the discussion has been pretty clear. You know, there are some Christians that actually adhere to the principles of uh, of what Christ taught, mm-hmm. and then there are others who aren't even close. And there are some churches who are these 501c3 churches that, you know, they have to follow all these government rules. And then there are other churches that know that that would have been something that probably wouldn't be very acceptable to right. uh, to God and their religion is to team up with a government like that. So we've acknowledged that before. I'm sorry you didn't hear it. Well, I'm going to relate it to being a libertarian and something that I maybe focus too much on is uh, libertarian libertarians who I think have gone astray or have uh, they have the wrong idea about a concept. And I think about that stuff because, you know, I expect that we all are sort of on the same page about things and I want to educate people. And uh, I would hope that Christians would uh, expect more of their fellow Christians. From the other Christians, sure, and, and hold them accountable. Yeah, and wouldn't mind people pointing out when they've gone astray. Absolutely. 855-450-FREE. 1-855-450-3733. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live.
is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. You can get interactive on the bulletin board system, bbs.freetalklive.com. We'll take you there. You can uh, post messages to other Free Talk Live listeners there, bbs.freetalklive.com. Also, you need to know about blockchain.info. If you are getting into Bitcoin like I have done, and uh, Mark is pretty big into the Bitcoin. Allie, do you have any yet? I have a few Bitcoins. Yes, Excellent. I do. Uh, so whether you're just dabbling or you're seriously investing in them, you want to know about blockchain.info because uh, it's an online block uh, Bitcoin wallet that actually has apps for Android and jailbroken iPhones. And thanks to their fancy encryption techniques, blockchain never has access to your money. And with their blockchain wallet, you can even send Bitcoins to other people via email to any of your Facebook friends or to anyone's cell phone number in just about every country around the world. And you could do all this for free at blockchain.info. Get your free Bitcoin wallet today. Blockchain.info. Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ali, you've got a story that is just unusual. It's very shocking. Um, and maybe we shouldn't be surprised, but I was pretty surprised at this one. This story is from nature.com. It's how to confuse a moral compass. Uh, there is a survey quote, magic trick that causes attitude reversal. So basically, uh, let's see, uh, says people can be tricked into reversing their opinions on moral, moral issues, even to the point of constructing good arguments to support the opposite of their original positions. Researchers report today in PLOS One. It's PLOS1. Mm-hmm. Uh, the researchers, led by Lars Hall, a cognitive scientist at Lund University in Sweden, recruited 160 volunteers to fill out a two-page survey on the extent to which they agreed with 12 statements, either about moral, moral principles relating to society in general or about the morality of current issues in the news, from prostitution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. But the surveys also contained a magic trick. Each contained two sets of statements, one lightly glued on top of the other. Each survey was given on a clipboard on the back of which the researchers had added a patch of glue. So this gets confusing. But basically they had the people fill out a survey with original responses to how they felt on moral questions. Mm -hmm. Then uh, they basically had it so that when they turned the page and then turned it back, it uh, made it look like they responded differently to different or the same way, but to different questions. They changed the questions. Right. So, you know, one of the questions about prostitution might have been, you know, do you think it's OK? And if they would have answered no to that question, then they, they would have somehow reversed it, the question to make it seem like they answered the opposite way. Yeah. Uh, and this was all done basically with a, a, a magic trick in that it was sleight of hand when yeah. you know the, you folded this page over, it would then stick the original set of questions to the back of the clipboard. And then when they folded the page back, there was a new set of questions there, questions they mm-hmm. had not originally answered, yep. questions that uh, they would have answered differently. Yeah, it says, for example, if the top statement read large scale government surveillance of email and Internet traffic ought to be forbidden as a means to combat international crime and terrorism the word forbidden was replaced with permitted in mm. the hidden statement so now it's you know it makes it look like they answered the opposite way right uh participants were then asked to read aloud three of the statements including the two that had been altered so i guess they only changed two of the questions to I see. keep people from catching on too quickly and discuss their responses about half of the participants did not detect the changes and 69 percent wow. accepted at least one of the altered statements People were even willing to argue in favor of the reverse statements. A full 53% of participants argued 
um, unequivocally for the opposite of their original attitude in at least one of the manipulated statements the authors wrote. Holland is hogly. Uh, Hall- that, is, is- <laughs> uh, that deserves to be uh, re-emphasized. So read that statement about the private or the uh, the government again. What, the so like the example was large scale government surveillance of email and internet traffic ought to be forbidden as a means to combat international crime and terrorism. So when. You answer that question, yes, it should, you know, the government should not be able to invade your privacy. You, you say yes to that, right? Right. Uh, it should be forbidden. And then they flip the paper around, it comes back, and the question is, it should be permitted. Mm-hmm. And your answer says yes. And then and they come back and they read <laughs> your supposed answer to that question back to you. 50% of people did not detect that the, the question had changed? Yeah, it was a... Uh, was it was six. It was? Uh, 69% accepted at least one of the altered statements. Mm-hmm. So maybe they caught on to a couple of them. But then 53% of participants argued for a different position than they originally stated, like right. the opposite. So uh, where they're taking the opposite of a statement that they answered in one way, and then it, it, it's just crazy. It's it like, is crazy. What do people believe? Do they have... <laughs> It's mind-boggling that you could answer a question that is, you know, of a serious nature like that, and then have your own answer flipped around, and it hasn't been more than five minutes or ten minutes since you answered it, and then to take the reverse position. (laughs) What does that say about people? Well, it says Hall and his colleagues have previously reported this effect called choice blindness in other areas, including taste, smell, and aesthetic choice. Hall says, I don't feel we have exposed people or fooled them. Rather, this shows something otherwise very difficult to show, which is how how open and flexible people can actually be. Uh, the study raises questions about the validity. Well, that's a of, very nice way to put this. Yeah, I think that people can see things from different positions. I wonder if people are are. It's like if I answered if I was thinking about an issue like the government getting involved in surveillance uh, of the Internet and. Then I saw that I'd answered it in a way that I thought I, I didn't think I did. Mm-hmm. Then I would probably call it to the people's attention and be like, oh, I didn't. I guess I misread, I must have misread this. this. Yeah. yeah. But they just like, go along with it. You have, that's what's so bizarre. It's because, you know, you have beliefs. You know what those beliefs are. Your, your beliefs, Allie, are very defined. I'm, I'm just going to su- suggest here, and I'd love to hear your input at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. I'm going to suggest that most people don't have... Uh, you know, a defined set of principles. Uh, they don't, we probably know that's true, but they don't have real firm stands on these issues. And ultimately, they just want to be agreeable mm-hmm. with folks. And so rather than, uh, you know, rather than have a conflict with the survey taker there in the park, apparently they did this in a park, just mm-hmm. random passersby, uh, rather than, you know, get into it with those folks, they just uh, take whatever answer they is under the impression that they put down, even if they don't yep. remember putting that answer down, like, oh, well, I'll just answer that because I don't want to get into a conflict or something. Because you know, there are other studies that show, like, groupthink and how mm-hmm. people behave when they're in groups and when the group is wrong, that people will go with the group just to go along with the group. A right. classic example or one of the examples is uh, people being asked to you know, determine which straw is the longest of a group of straws. And there's an obvious straw that's, uh, you know, longer than the rest of them. But the Confederates in the, the study will point out a shorter straw as the longest straw. 
And then the other person, the person who's being studied, will also point out the short straw mm-hmm. simply because they don't want to disagree with what the group's doing. See, I wonder if I remember when this especially happened in school, when they would try to give us sort of trick questions. It was supposed to be a learning experience. They would ask us something and you would think the obvious answer. But then you could tell that just you could sort of tell that it was meant to be a trick question. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I would be trying to look for ways that m- with if most of the students sort of agreed upon an answer that it was maybe supposed to be a trick and maybe you should think about this a little bit harder before just going along with the group because that's the point of a trick question it's supposed to fool most people so i think that maybe that's just part of certain people they're naturally skeptical of others and they don't necessarily want to follow what others think but that's not to say that i'm not influenced by group think i think everyone is to some extent if a bunch of people hold a position, it's hard to go the opposite way. Well, sure, but uh, I mean, if you've got a defined belief system and you truly believe it, whether it's mm-hmm. being a Christian, as we were discussing earlier, or whatever religion you have, or it's the, you know a ph- philosophical belief as we might have about the ideas of liberty, then part of your belief system is that you don't just go along with the group. Right. That when the group is doing something that you disagree with, you speak up, you say something, you let it be known that you don't consent, that you don't agree with uh, the behavior in question. 855-450-FREE. Well, more about choice blindness. Is there more to the story? Yep. Because I'd like to hear it. It's fascinating and scary at the same time. <laughs> 1-855-450-3733. You take control. Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything in the remaining moments of this episode, but we've always got another episode ahead because we do this thing live seven nights per week. So if you don't get your call in tonight, not a problem. We're going to be here tomorrow for you. Uh, You can join us online over at freetalklive.com where you can download all manner of archives. They go back, way back, all the way to 2006. Uh, late 2006 you can download as many episodes as you would like and you can do it all for free at freetalklive.com once again freetalklive.com look on the left hand side of the page under listen and share you'll find our soundcloud link there which will take you back for years worth of archives you can get the last week's worth right at the top of freetalklive.com if we really want to dig into the archives uh, click on the soundcloud link on the left hand side under listen and share and then you can download as much as you want and click the share button on your favorite episodes share them on facebook with your friends or twitter or your WordPress blog or wherever it is you like to spend time online with others. So once again, freetalklive.com. One of the most effective things you can do for uh, to help Free Talk Live is to share us with your friends. And of course, follow us on Facebook and Twitter if you use one or the, one or both of those. Uh, so again, freetalklive.com. And if you're thinking about starting a business, well, you need to know about LegalZoom.com. They can help you incorporate, which can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com, fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, and trademarks. You can use code FTL, like Free Talk Live, FTL, to save $10 off of your order at LegalZoom.com. 
So we'll continue here. You can bring up anything that you want. But, Ali, you've been telling us about a really disturbing story uh, regarding people and their preferences, people and what they believe or what they purport to believe. Because apparently many of them don't actually believe it very firmly. Uh, or they, they can hold, you know, two different opposite positions at the same time. But who are you? I mean, if if that's <laughs> what you are doing, if this trick works on you, and apparently it works on about half of the people that it's pulled on. A little over half. Uh, the trick that they did was they had a clipboard that with a sticky tab on the back. They uh, The sheet, the top sheet on the clipboard had a piece of paper that could be taken off by the sticky part on the back of the clipboard. So when the person would finish the first page of the survey they were given, they'd flip the page over and uh, put it on the back of the clipboard, unknowing that they were then adhering that top part to the back of the clipboard. So when they flipped the page back over to the front, they had a completely different survey. Their same (laughs) answers were there. But the survey questions had been reversed in some cases. Mm-hmm. When read back to them, many of them did not notice that they had a different answer, that they, yeah. they had answered a question that they didn't think they'd answered. And others... 69% uh, accepted at least one of the altered statements. And not only that, defended the, uh, yep. the statement, defended their answer to a question that they were never asked. Defended their answer that essentially was the reverse of the question they were originally asked. So, again, I have to ask these people, who are you? (laughs) How can you exist? I mean, like the state in which they exist is not a state of of definition. It's a state of confusion. It's a a state of I'll just go whichever the way the wind blows. Oh, I wrote that down on a piece of paper. Well, I guess I must believe it. There are some people, there are some things that like, I'm not quite sure, like gray areas, but some people have a lot more gray moral areas than you or I might, Ian. I think that this sort of backs up your uh, views that I've heard you express on debates, how they drive people into their positions. Mm -hmm. And I think that people are uh, willing to defend a position. Like if they're going to take a position on something, they will just defend it. That's their position. That's their position. Even if, even if you can convince them to take a different position. Even if they had a different position mm-hmm. five minutes previous. <laughs> I guess so. On the same issue. That's what's so baffling about yep. this. The study, is the um, nature.com article says, the study raises questions about the validity of self-report questionnaires. The results suggest that standard surveys are not good at capturing the complexity of the attitudes people actually hold. Um, adding. Uh, I think that's true. Hull adds that uh, switching the switching technique could be used to improve opinion surveys in the future. So maybe you know if someone's going to sit there and be flip flopping on their answers, then just throw out you know invalid responses, I guess, because they don't actually know where they stand anyway. Wow, that's a lot of extra work to determine that, though. It is, but. Uh, because what if the person doesn't flip the page over on the back side of the you know. <laughs> Not everybody's going to hold the, the page trick didn't to the work. back. Right. <laughs> so it's fascinating. And actually, uh, SciFace linked me over to Wikipedia where there's a little piece on choice blindness, which is what this is called. And uh, they talk about some other examples where they did something similar. For instance, subjects saw two photographs of people and were asked which they found more attractive. They were given a closer look then at their chosen photograph and asked to verbally explain their choice. However, using sleight of hand, the experimenter had slipped them the other photograph rather than the one they had just chosen. A majority of subjects failed to notice that the picture they were looking at did not match the one they had just chosen seconds before. 
many subjects confabulated explanations of their preference. For example, a man might say, I preferred this one because I prefer blondes, when in fact he had pointed to the dark-haired woman, but had been handed a blonde. It's Mm. unbelievable when you hear about this. It's sort of like when, you know when you uh, aren't sure about buying something, maybe at the grocery store, and you start to feel that twinge of regret when you're in the checkout aisle and you're like, maybe I really can't justify buying this for the price or for whatever like reason. What? When's like, the last time you felt that at the grocery store? Uh, Like something like, say I'm buying conditioner and I'm like, oh, I deserve the good conditioner. Uh, I and I get like some like <laughs> expensive conditioner and then I'm in the checkout aisle like, I don't know if I can really justify this. I mean, it's just conditioner. And then, but then... Uh, I don't really feel like taking it back. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not I worth gotcha. it to me at that point. Yeah. I've already decided originally that I'm going to go for that conditioner. If I could just you know wave my hand and trade it out with something cheaper, then maybe I would actually do that. But I'm going to sit there and justify. You know what? Because you've already gone that far. Yeah, so. I've already gone this far, and I chose it to begin with. So I'm just going to trust my gut. And I think that people uh, feel like they have to own up to their decisions. And if you convince them that they're owning up to a different thing, it doesn't really matter so much. As long as they believe it was their choice, it was their choice, and they're going to defend it. I think this could be used to uh, help us understand how to persuade people by uh, showing them that they really do agree with us to some extent, or who you're talking to. If you want to look at this from a positive perspective, it is that most people are just going to go along to get along. (laughs) And so therefore, when the ideas of liberty are well uh, established enough in in, in enough people, as we're doing here in New Hampshire, with more and more liberty-minded people coming, eventually everybody's just, you know, a lot of the the majority or the sheeple or whatever you want to call them, these people that are, you know, so indeterminate as to what their belief systems are, they're going to be like, oh yeah, liberty, I've always been on board with that. (laughs) Let's go to Robert listening in Florida to XM Satellite Radio's America's Talk. Hey, Robert. Well, I got right on. That's uh, quite an honor. Welcome, sir. Hello. You're on the air. A couple weeks ago, I'm the new listener that uh, truck drives within the Florida here, and uh, I just discovered you guys uh, not too long ago because I took Mike Malloy off the air, and I've been listening to him since. And uh, I enjoy your show because I feel that uh, it has a little bit more information uh, sort of like Alex Jones and them, you know, you, you talk about the real topics and you inform people of what's going on and, and, and kind of uh, that nature. Well, thank you. However, tonight, though, I, I feel like, you know, I'm reading the National Enquirer. I mean, this topic, uh, I feel, is irrelevant. I mean, I mean, we have, I mean, who cares? I mean, we have you, a government. You're referring to uh, the first hour of the show where, again, XM listeners are yeah. hearing us in two-hour delays. So you're talking about the incest story. Some of our third-hour listeners may right. not be aware. The question that I had asked was if you had found out that your uh, lover was actually your brother or sister after the fact, how would you feel about it? I mean, I don't think that's a that's a you know an irrelevant topic. It's actually happening. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and that's all good and dandy, but if I wanted to know about that kind of stuff, I'd read People Magazine or The Inquirer. This is, uh, it's not a fake story, though, right? So, like, it's a legitimate moral question, is it not? Are we we not allowed to talk about morality and and what people believe? Yes, Yes, but I think the precedent or the priority to be, you know, we have a government getting ready to march on us. And, and, and we're talking they're about, always getting uh, ready to march on you I, I mean there, there's always some new drone technology we could we could talk about <laughs> yeah. all the depressing things out there all night long but yeah you're right you know, hey when they come to get you might have to move back into your family you might 
you know, your sister might be all you have. This is a show in which we'll talk about pretty mm-hmm. much any topic. And yes, obviously we do talk about serious issues. And I think that, you know, the issue mm-hmm. of, you know, love is a pretty serious issue. And, and, yeah, uh, and I guess you're right. I guess it's, I guess it's okay to get away from them once in a while. So I guess I, I, guess I give you that. It is, but feel free. Uh, call up know. and chastise us. I mean, you know, like I said, you, know, you, <laughs> no. you can call about anything you want here. And uh, this call proves it. So. Well, no, I actually would like to come live out there, actually, but I don't think I tolerate the cold because I'm the last uh, Florida native alive uh, <laughs> down here. So <laughs> I don't think uh, I, I'm going to be able to tolerate the cold. I mean, well, I it was waiting, my concern, but, uh, too. I was born in uh, yeah. Sarasota originally, so it was uh, ah. you know, that was also my concern. But I got over it, and ah. uh, it's so great yeah. to be it's so great to be around people who actually care about liberty and who are moving mm-hmm. uh, in a direction that will actually achieve that. And uh, you know, Robert, I appreciate True. your call, and I'm glad you uh, you called in tonight because you know sometimes sometimes you got to call us out. We might do something that was stupid or a mistake, and <laughs> you know, by all means, call us out on the air if you don't like it. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. It's been Ian here with you and Allie. Join us tomorrow night where you really can call in, take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. More of Allie over at ladiesandkeen.com. Ladies and K E E N E. Ladiesandkeen.com. We'll see you Check tomorrow. Check it out. Freetalklive.com. It's Change Your Words, Change Your Life, a daily minute program to help you understand the power of every word you speak. Here's New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer. You know, sometimes I feel like that there are more negative people in the world than there are those who are committed to finding the good in everyone and everything. However, that can change beginning with you and me. We should all start our own Believing the Best Club. Even if the club consists only of your closest family members, just think what a difference it could make in everyone's attitude at home. Our mind and mouth will be tempted to drift toward the negative, but our free will is the big boss here. When we begin using our will to take authority over all negativity, that negativity will leave. For Change Your Words, Change Your Life, I'm Joyce Meyer. For more information and insight on how you can change your words and change your life, please visit Joyce Meyer, spelled M-E-Y-E-R, dot O-R-G. The words we speak can affect our lives in positive and negative ways. In her new book, Change Your Words, Change Your Life, best-selling author and internationally acclaimed teacher Joyce Meyer examines the power of words that convey our thoughts and emotions. She discusses how our words can increase or decrease our level of joy and how they can have a positive or negative effect on our future. Change Your Words, Change Your Life, the latest book from New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer, is available wherever books are sold.